We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 293. Our guest today grew up in an equestrian family and spent all of his winters during the Wellington season, showing as a junior in the jumpers, that quotation, and the hunters. He has aged out and became professional right away, had some time working with some top professionals, and now again is with his family at Castlewood Farm. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Tanner Karotkin. Hey, Tanner. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks. Good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're you're fully in the swing of WEF, but I would love to hear how you first kind of found yourself in the horse world. Uh, yeah. So actually, it wasn't, you know, I come from a horse family, but it wasn't something that I had a huge passion for from the beginning. You know, I played baseball and I was more so in the normal side of things and into other sports like a lot of guys are and then probably when I was around 11 years old my parents have always wanted some of their some of their kids to get into horses and it was just me and my brother at the time so they actually bribed me with a trip to Universal if I went and took a lesson with uh, Linda Smith yeah I took a lesson there and ended up loving it and loving jumping bigger jumps and that's all I cared about in the beginning and then that's sort of how the how the passion started nice um how long did you juggle other sports and riding so actually, once I started horses, I probably did that in baseball for three or four years, something like that. And then yeah. eventually I decided to uh, just put, go all in on horses and just focus on that. Nice. What would you say are the maybe pros and cons of growing up in a horse family? Uh, yeah, so I'd say the pros are you have a lot of um, a lot of support from many other professionals mm-hmm. and you already sort of come into the sport with a lot of people knowing who you are around you, especially in your hometown, because, you know, your parents have been doing it for however many years. And so, yeah, yeah, you have a lot of opportunities that maybe some other people wouldn't get. And then I'd say some of the cons would probably be it's always horses 24 seven, which Mm -hmm. isn't isn't really a con. But at the end of the day, you know, some people, they have a stressful week, you know, you go back and some people may not think about horses, but that's that's all we talk about that's all yeah. we know <laughs> yeah totally, so constant, totally which, which is and a good thing also now but. that you are a professional I feel like where you know so many people can really focus on their junior career and then you know there's that kind of clean break and transition into professional career but I feel like maybe for you did you feel maybe the pressure as almost like a, a young professional maybe earlier than most be, kind of being in that I guess in your parents program you know, I would no, actually, I wouldn't say I really felt pressure. You know, my parents always have driven me to do well and constantly keep getting better. But yeah, they've never they never really pushed it to the point where I felt pressured to the point where I had to do this or had to do that. I sort of, in a way, put that on myself. And yeah. that's how I've driven myself to try to constantly keep getting better in that. But it's all, you know, my parents are very supportive. And uh, yeah, they've never, never really tried to kill me there. But Nice. Yeah, where it, it seems like it can sometimes be so easy that it 
kind of becomes like a job and it's hard. It, sometimes you can lose sight of why you started in the first place and, you know, like the love yeah. for the sport. So that that's really cool. I think that is probably a big part that, that keeps us a lot, a lot of us going that work within the industry is to not lose sight of that. You tell me a little bit about your junior career. I remember um, you riding with a few of my clients. So I'm familiar with, you know, your success with all three rings. Tell me a little bit about some highs and some learning moments of your junior career and where you kind of felt like you had a focus through your junior years. Yeah. So my junior years, I was with my dad, obviously. And then I also rode with Missy Clark and John Brennan at North Run for many, many years. And yeah, there's always, even still now, there's always great moments and some bad moments. And, you know, I say a lot of my junior career was, you know, we had a lot of success, but then also as a younger, uh, younger kid and probably as a guy thing also, I would lose focus a lot. And so I, I used to love to do a lot of very stupid things in the ring, especially in the equitation ring. And uh, that's something that I guess with age and maturity, I've now gotten out of. But mm. we've had some we've had some rough moments growing up. But do you do you have like an example that sticks out in your head? Oh, I can name a bunch. But, <laughs> Let's hear them. Um, uh, one of them at Devon. At Devon, all you had to do was jump the last jump and turn left. And uh, I would have won the class, and I jumped the jump, and I turned right, and next thing you know, I'm like surrounded by a bunch of jumps, and I had to like pull up abruptly, pull up in the middle uh. of. In the middle of the entire ring, come out. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of many. But. Yep, yep, definitely learning moments. Um, tell me about some moments that really stick out in your mind as you know, like pinnacle wins of your junior career. So I'd say one of the biggest would have to be the junior jumper championship at Devon. Yeah, um, that was a very big one, just because uh, going there, you know, I was hoping to do well, but wasn't you know I knew I could win it but it wasn't really expecting to win it and we went in and then we won two days in a row and so as a junior at that time it was a very big moment anyway totally tell me a little bit about where kind of what rings you enjoy doing the most and then what did you feel like was the level of importance in being involved in all three hunters jumpers and equitation yeah so I say the level of importance it is I do strongly believe that equitation is very important to a certain extent i think in my personal opinion i think some people get a little too wrapped up in the equitation scene and they end up posing rather than actually riding and really uh doing what's right for the horse when you take that over to the jumper ring if you're only doing equitation hunters and you're winning there, fine but everything that i did as a junior and anything i do now it's all thinking about getting better in the jumper ring so like Mm -hmm. what can i bring to the jumper ring and how do i improve in this because at the end of the day it's all very very similar things well they're completely different divisions you're still on the horse jumping and what works there if you're doing it properly will also carry over to the jumper ring yeah and so i think they're all very important if you're learning them in the right way and if you're practicing the right way because like i said i think too many people get caught up in the looking pretty instead of actually effectively riding Right. Definitely. So obviously WEF 2023 season is kicking off. Um, How have you been personally preparing for a successful season? Yeah. So I've actually got a very good uh, string of horses right now. And so main thing is I'm just trying to keep my horses as fit as possible. And, you know, we showed a few weeks ago and did pretty well. And now 
what will kick off West Premier next week. Now I'm just focused on keeping my horses as fit as possible. Any of them need uh, to get treated or mm-hmm. looked at by the vet or anything, we're focusing on that. But at the end of the day, I just have to get them as fit as possible, ready to go into some big Grand Prix because, you know, it takes a lot out of them. So you need them in tip-top shape. Right, definitely. What are some exercises you like to set up in your ring at home to um, get ready for the big rings? Yeah, so I love to do... Um, I love to do bounces and uh, bounces is the main thing. I think it really uh, makes the horses think and uh, think about everything they need to do when you go to a normal jump. And then also um, I always do every warm up class. If I'm jumping at home or showing, I always have a canter pull after the, uh, after the jump, just mm-hmm. so the horses land. And then it's just something else for them to think about. You know, a lot of the time these horses, they're animals, they can land and get very distracted. Yeah. And so just having that pull right after the jump, they land, land and instantly have to think about picking their legs up and focusing on the next thing so definitely do you get nervous going into a particular ring a bigger class and then how do you kind of have you been able to kind of combat any nerves that you have had in your career yeah so I don't know if I'd say I get more tense than anything because I want to do well and that's actually the you know you want to do well and there's a lot on your shoulders you know you want to get your ranking up you want to it's a lot it's a big money class and uh yeah i'd say any rider says they don't get nervous or tense or probably not telling the truth because no matter what (laughs) if you're under the lights and there's that many people watching yeah of course you're tense but honestly with me i think it uh it just makes me switch on and focus a bit more and then um i just take it a bit more seriously when it's big like that and i feel the pressure then i'm really really thinking about everything i need to do every step of the way if you, um, I know for a lot of us, we take a little break after indoor season um, to give our horses a little bit of a rest before preparing for WEF. Let's say you've gone a little bit of time without jumping a significant height. What do you like to do to, um, or let's say your your horses have gone without a bit of time jumping at the height. What do you kind of like to do to like knock the dust off and get them and yourself back in the zone of that height? Uh, yeah, so I actually just had um, my horse ideal just took two months off, just no riding out on a field, enjoying himself nice. and then bringing him bringing him back. I usually like to start him off in a meter 20 class. And then that week I'll do a meter 20, meter 25, maybe, and then give him a week off, do a 130, 135 and just slowly keep moving back up just so they get in the ring, get their muscles used to it again and uh yeah, get ready to go for when we go into the into the big ring anyway. But yeah, just a slow progression, slowly bring them back, and you don't want to jump back into it too quick. Growing up, one of my dream horse venues was the Kentucky Horse Park, and now I've had the pleasure of taking our clients and our show team to the infamous Alltech Arena, and it's just totally a full circle moment. Well, speaking of Alltech, I have had the pleasure of getting to know the Alltech nutrition team and all of the amazing equine supplements that they offer. I didn't know that they offered supplements for a range of animals, but their equine supplements really have special ingredients that really help digestive health, muscle function, joint health, you name it, stronger hooves, and just overall body condition. 
They are really premium supplements and they have just the ideal blend of ingredients to improve horses' health and performance. So if you have not tried out Alltech Performance Nutrition, you should definitely check it out. If you head over to their website at alltech.com, they will really help you get started based on what your horse's needs are, um, where you kind of normally shop for feed products, and if there's any specialty ingredients that you are looking to incorporate into your horse's regime. So again, that is alltech.com, A-L-L-T-E-C-H, and they have tons of information about how to incorporate more specialty ingredients into your horse's supplements. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the rest of your string. Uh, yeah. So I've got Volo's Diamond, who that's probably my main one right now. My powerhouse, you know, he's, I did the two Nations Cups on him last year. And this year he, um, he'll do most of the four-star, five-star night classes, hopefully. And, you know, he's going very well right now. And then Quinn 33, he's owned by uh, Rupert Winkleman. He's a hot hot little chestnut guy and he wins a lot you know he's very fast and very very competitive and then there's ideal who's a bit similar to quinn not as not as small but very hot fast horse you know i'll probably put him in some of the u25 stuff some of the 150s and then um then we have orwell orwell scf who had for he's an eight-year-old going on nine and he's just starting to get into the bigger fei classes and he's really proving himself but do you, uh, do you tend yeah. to have like a type or one that you ones that you like gravitate towards that you feel like you ride better or do you feel like all of yours are a bit different? Yeah, well, I do have a type. All of mine are completely different, but I do have a type. You know, I honestly I prefer the the very hot and yeah, little yeah. bit crazy ones. That's sort of how Quinn and Ideal is. But Volo is pretty much the opposite of that. <laughs> and, you know, if they jump good. And I have the opportunity to ride them, I'll ride them. But I definitely yeah. do have a type. Yeah, amazing. Obviously, the WEF season is a long one. Um, how do you stay fresh mentally and physically um, without kind of getting burnt out? I know for a lot of us, you know, we start getting into like week nine, week 10, sometimes even earlier. And it's like, oh, man, this has been a long winter. Yeah. So how do you kind of stay on top of that, you know, mental and physical? Yeah, so... I say the main thing is I'm constantly just thinking about, you know, I do this week, think about the next week to you. It doesn't matter how well you do this week, think about the next. And the problem with our sport is there's always something else coming up and something huge coming up. And you can't really go taking a break because next thing you know, your ranking drops and then you won't get into some of these shows. So my whole drive is I want to make it into those shows or I want to make it onto that team. And so I'm constantly thinking about just going, 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 going. And, you know, that's what I love doing and that's what I enjoy doing. So I never really feel burnt out, but like the physical side and also I, um, yeah, physical side. I also box on the side just because I have always been a big fan of boxing. And then so after the after the barn, I'll usually go and go boxing Wellington here. And I think it's a great way just to be doing another sport while I'm okay. I'm not actually competing, but just for physical health mm-hmm. and for fun. It's just another thing, another thing alongside horses. Totally. You have always worked with, you know, kind of like a number of sale horses and obviously Wellington's a great place for people to buy and sell. Um, When you're working with a sale horse, what are you thinking about when you come up with a strategy for that horse for the season? Yeah. So with a sales horse, you know, it depends what level, but from the day I get them, I'm constantly thinking about 
first things first, try to find the appropriate bit for them, what, uh, <laughs> what works the best, and then find out how much flat work is. I usually flat all my horses in the morning before the show just so they stretch. And so I figure out how much they actually need, if they need more, if they need less. And then I'll show them in the first few starter schooling classes and then sort of get a feel for them and see what they need to work on and all of that. And then from there, whatever divisions they're in, I'll just keep competing and keep trying to make them as good as possible. And obviously make them look good. They're for sale. Try to anyway. But um, yeah, I'll just compete with them like normal, to be honest, and and try to get the most out of that horse. And then if somebody wants to come along and get them, they can. But yeah, I just sort of, I'll treat them like my main horses, honestly. They're sort of what you have to do. Definitely. Let's say we were to catch up at the end of the season. What is one or two things that you would hope to have accomplished by then? the end of season well i would love to win the grand prix at wf you know that'd be nice yeah yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh yeah we'll see i have a good string right now and a big goal of mine is i would love to make it on the nation's cup team week eight again and we'll see you know there's a lot of riders trying for it but uh give it a go again this year see if we can make it on and i'd say that's the main thing would love to do miami also but we'll see Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, what would you say is something that you are especially passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know that much about? Yeah, actually, I'm not sure if people probably do talk about it, but something for me anyway that I've known about, but it wasn't until I became a professional when I was 18 and really got into it. And I went to go work for Shane Sweetnam. And um, that's when I re- really got into the sport about and learned more about what it takes preparing these horses for upcoming shows and the amount of flat work and conditioning and everything you have to constantly think about, you know, it's easy to watch from the outside and you see the best riders in the world go in and they're winning this class or winning that class. And they're going all over the place, winning on multiple different horses. But I'd say some people don't really understand how much goes into that. You know, it's every single day making sure your horse, everything to do from groundwork to, what they're eating to how much work you're doing on their back and gymnastics and everything. There's so much that goes into it to make sure these horses are in tip top shape and ready to go. Because you know, jumping Grand Prix that big, it takes a huge toll on them. And uh, I actually, yeah, like 18, 19 years old, really grew to love the, the preparation for, for these big classes and learning your horse and really trying to uh, make them, help them be as good as possible while you're also working on yourself. I know with our sport, there's such a big difficulty in finding the line between, you know, staying relevant and, you know, obviously you're always looking at your ranking and then keeping the horse healthy and, you know, giving them the rest they need and getting them to peak when they need to. How do you find that line? How do you walk it? Yeah. So that's actually, that is a thing that, a lot of people worry too much about in my opinion when i was Mm. younger i did also but now i finally i've now really learned that you have to do what's best for your horses and then at the end of the day also you can't really be stressing about ranking and stressing about how you need to win this class you need to win that class you know if you're thinking about winning all this stuff you're probably not gonna end up winning it you know i go into every class and knowing i can win it but i'm not saying i absolutely need to win this and so yeah, I just do what's best for my horses and uh, I pick what shows are right. And then obviously I want my ranking to go up, but 
if there's a week or a month that I can't show, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just do what's best for my horses and just uh, keep on going. You just can't get too wrapped up in all the numbers and everything. You just have to keep on improving and trying to do well and it all naturally comes. Yeah. What are some cues that you kind of look for in your string of horses that maybe tell you, okay, yeah, next week, this horse that I like, I'm going to have this horse take a break or next couple weeks or whatever. What, what do you, what do you kind of notice in your string of horses where, that they are kind of like letting you know that? Yeah. So when you ride horses this much, you know, I'm with them every single day. Yeah. It's, um, you can really feel it. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but mm-hmm. you know, if I go, let's say I go two weeks in a row on one of my horses, you can sort of, you can just feel at the jump that they're not necessarily as the same as they were the week before or even if they feel perfectly fine i just know my horses and i know that i don't want to push it more than that right and they could be perfectly fine if i did that but in my opinion especially since i have multiple horses there's no point in unnecessarily going for another week when i could either just not show or figure something else out because but uh yeah i'd say i can feel you can start to feel the fatigue and you can start to feel maybe their forms uh going away a little bit mm-hmm. or or you know if you so one of the horses that go clear a bunch and next thing you know you go in and have two or three down that's probably a hint that they need a break yep definitely obviously this is going to be different for each horse in your string but let's say it is monday leading up to a big saturday night class pick one of your horses to give me a little rundown of what that week looks like for that horse yeah so i'll go with volo since he's mainly my big grand prix horse so volo let's say i know there's a big grand prix coming up i'll um first things first i'll just make sure first day i'll flat him and uh make sure he's ready to go but i won't overdo it i won't flat him too much that day because i'm all just i'm only thing i'm thinking about is one if there's a qualifier the qualifier and then after that the grand prix so Tuesday won't do too much but we'll still get him out and work on some things and if i feel he needs to do some gymnastics we'll do that and then typically the jog would be wednesday mm-hmm. normal flat work then and then the next day usually like we're talking wef thursday's the wef the qualifier so especially volo he's a very spooky spooky kind of horse and so i'll flat him in the morning and just make sure he feels in front of my leg and uh, responding to everything and but i'll never overdo it just because i you know in my opinion you're going to a grand prix jumping over giant jumps if they're mm-hmm. tired they can't really put in their full full yeah. effort so um yeah flat him in the morning get all the quirks out and make sure he's listening to everything hopefully jump clear and then yeah same sort of thing going up to the grand prix i try not to try not to make it too complicated yeah sometimes i think simpler is better and um yeah just have to make sure he's responding the right way and feels game and ready to go totally Amazing. Um, well, I'm excited to watch your journey for the 2023 season. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk me through kind of how you got to where you are today. And I wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.